2: Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. After Illinois defeats Northwestern 73-66, the good news, Illinois has won six straight. They improved to 11-3 in the Big Ten and they're making another late run at a Big Ten championship. The bad news is Illinois hasn't looked very good against the bottom two teams in the Big Ten. They get a scare from Nebraska just a couple nights ago on Friday night. That one goes into overtime and Iodasumu Heroics saves them. In this one, Illinois only up one. They blew an 18 point first half lead. Northwestern had several chances to take the lead in this game towards the end. But again, the script goes to Iodasumu with his late game Heroics, two clutch threes down the stretch. It's kind of a Derek Piper mixed feelings with this game, with Illinois finding a way to win a game, and they're in the middle of this great win streak that has put them towards the top of the Big Ten. But at the same time, you are looking for some style points, right? Because your standard isn't just just win. Your standard is, can they be as good as Michigan? Can they be as good as Ohio State? Can they be as good as Gonzaga and Baylor? In the last two games, they've won, but it hasn't been winning convincingly. So are we getting too picky? Are we getting too, uh, I guess, just unsatisfied with What is one of the best seasons we've seen from Illinois in a long time?
3: It really is that hard balance. We don't want to take it for granted, winning games in the Big Ten and reeling off six in a row and – again being in a position to chase a big Ten title and you haven't sacrificed any of that by winning closely and making it sweaty here against Nebraska and Northwestern but at the same time you got to understand that this has been a trend for this team and uh, it's it's scary it's a scary one and, and they have gotten up for some bigger games and uh, against some teams not necessarily in their weight class they get casual or they relax or whatever it may be uh, that was from the very tip at Nebraska tonight they came out and, and really punched Northwestern in the mouth I loved their offensive execution against the man, they go zone, and Adam Miller hits a three, and they're up 15, 18 points in the first nine, ten minutes of the game. But uh, turnovers and just mistakes and slowly but surely allowed Northwestern to get confident and get in, in position. And to – I would assume who late game closing, I mean, it's it's – it's phenomenal to watch, and, and he, it never gets old, and for him to step up and make those shots again and lead off Sports Center, that's that's awesome, uh, but to need that against the two Big Ten bottom feeders is discouraging, because that, that should not be happening.
2: Yeah, I think you're happy with wins, Joy Wagner, but at the same time, you know, this is kind of a trend for Illinois against teams like this. Northwestern, they got down 15 at halftime earlier this year. Maryland, which is Mike going to get its way back into the NCAA tournament conversation here with a, with a win streak that they're on. Uh, but Penn State, early in the season, you got down huge against them. And, and now Nebraska, Northwestern, it's like, can you put together 40 minutes against these teams? And I know that's, you know, asking a lot for college basketball players in a Big Ten conference that is really loaded. But we are talking about this team as a top five team that's why the standards you're trying to meet um, and if you play this way Saturday at Minnesota you're probably going to get a loss that leads to you not having a real chance at a big time championship.
0: Yeah I mean and I think we all thought that this was behind this team and it started with the beginning of this six game win streak I think we thought okay whatever that I think it was a Saturday or Sunday morning group meeting after the loss to Ohio State and it was like okay that looks like that's all been remedied and this is the team they thought, and maybe Brad brought him back down to earth, and then it kind of sneaks back. And I mean, I guess if there's any good news, like you're running out of games that are going to be this far down your weight class, like those. That's I think this is it. Like whatever Nebraska, I guess, is the next one coming up. But it, this just, I mean, it can't happen if you go to North or go to Minnesota, like you said, they're really good at home. That's not going to happen. But you have the best closer in college basketball, who just seems like he is. He has no interest in letting that linger to the end of the game. And it's a give and take. And if there were a team that could do it, it's a team with Iota on there. But I don't think anybody who is a fan or even the player like Brad dropped his hand, his head in his hand several times. It's like, oh my gosh, this is frustrating to, for them to watch. And you don't want to get to that point, but you got a you gotta bailout card there at the end. The good news is when
2: they do play like these great teams, uh, Baylor, I thought they played well for 30 minutes, had a bad four-minute stretch, and that's the game. But they come ready to play. I mean, Duke, they came ready to play in that game. Iowa certainly did. Wisconsin, they certainly did. So you got that coming down the stretch, especially with Wisconsin, Ohio State. But you got to take care of business at Minnesota, at Michigan State. And that's what we're talking about here. If they reschedule, Nebraska, which is going to happen early March, and Michigan, (laughs) I think, is going to happen in early March. Five of your last six are going to be on the road, Derek, but you mentioned it. We didn't get to see it, but apparently Scott Van Pelt started off SportsCenter saying I would assume he was a National Player of the Year candidate. I didn't think I would played all that well for a long stretch of this game. Thought he started great, was finding everybody, had three assists in the first three minutes. Uh, I think he could have ended up with 10 assists if guys would have made a couple more shots. But he got 10 of his last 13 points over the last eight minutes, and those back-to-back threes were just a thing of beauty. And you just can't do – like, what do you do? It's just – you know that is going in, and it, there's nothing teams can do. It's just he turns into – God mode at the end of these games.
3: Yeah, it's a cheat code. For absolutely. And early in the game, like you said, just the decisions he were he was making, and it's kind of, as he's talked about, settle into the game, make the right play, the kind of LeBron mentality of uh, just making really good passes. I thought he did that definitely early and uh, got a little loose with it, the fact that he has five turnovers. He's played into – some of these turnover issues, and even the the brilliant game, the triple double against Wisconsin, he had what seven giveaways. In that?
2: He's got sixteen turnovers the last three games.
3: Yeah, that that's concerning, and, and he needs to be able to clean that up. But yeah, until the final minutes, he had made three shots. Uh, but to be able to pull up from three when you're it's a two point game and it's getting tense, and everyone's you know hoping you don't you don't drop one. I mean, how devastating would it have been to drop a a Big Ten title chase at? nebraska or against northwestern but for him he's not scared he's not affected by the moment he steps up and then he he makes one from about 30 feet and he just laughs to himself because that's just that's just who that dude is
2: well and Julie, that's the thing is like he didn't have one of his strongest performances of the year yet in the last three games he's had these national player of the year moments right like triple double in a route of wisconsin what he did at nebraska having 17 points over the last eight minutes 10 straight 10 end regulation to force overtime 31 points and then tonight with, with those shots in in front of a national audience it's like those are the moments that make this a race and make national writers start to think maybe this is a player of the year race with luca garza now that these two big 10 guys are going after it and uh, at the has got the benefit right now of being ahead of garza having the win head to head so i think the more he has these moments, even if it's not a complete game, the more he makes his case.
0: There's so much about these awards races that come down to those moments and those. It's what what makes March Madness runs memorable. It's why I don't even know who UConn played, but I know Kimball Walker did Kimball Walker things, and those things stick out. And I mean, anyone can debate if this is really a, a race, but the reality is, is, it is a national conversation. And I I'm, I've still, I didn't get the answer from Io that I wanted, but he's 21 years old. Everybody has access to everything. You can't, 20 years ago, you could avoid most of these conversations by simply not turning on a TV or picking up a newspaper, but they, he certainly hears them, and, and very few people get to be a part of this on February 16th, where it's really, it kind of feels like a two-person race to win the National Player of the Year, which is really going to also be the Big Ten Player of the Year. We think we've seen super weird seasons before, but this is kind of, I mean, I alluded to this in his, you know, hey, I'm coming back video and these awards were there. But he's got the stats and every time you see a game, it's like, oh, now the moments are are there. And he's had the moments, but it wasn't all put together. And now you're just kind of seeing all of this here.
3: It's almost like. He's waiting on the upset alert to go across the ticker, and everyone in the country then tunes in, and he's like, all right, now that i got my audience, here's what I do, and I'm just furthering my case. But uh, to the point of him being affected by all that, I mean, he's been in this situation. It's different being in college basketball and when Scott Van Pelt's talking about you. But, I mean, he's been in conversations for top point guard in his class, and and he's he's had a lot of eyes on him before. So that's why I think he's still – able to be himself and be comfortable in that and and still perform at such a high level.
2: We say all this, and Kofi Coburn, again, in the middle of the game, just like Nebraska, right? I mean, he plays five minutes in the first half. But in the second half, they come out and Kofi just absolutely dominates the game. Uh, In the second half, he had 13 points, 8 rebounds. And when you have those two guys, right, like you can have a bad day and still have a chance to win these games. And, of course, other guys stepped up with some big plays. I thought Dematia Williams was strong tonight, but Georgie Bishanishvili with 10 points in the first half basically gave you what Kofi usually gives you. But when he gets – like. Northwestern has no chance when when he gets a touch, Derek. And that's the key is you got to get that guy touches. And teams are trying to take that away. And that opens up things for Trent Frazier and Adam Miller. And those guys got to make more shots. But um, Kofi's just an absolute load on the interior.
3: It's unbelievable how easy some things come for him and come for Illinois just because of his presence, because of how good he's made himself, but also just he's huge. And Northwestern, a Big Ten team, a high major team, and a lot of teams in this league just – have nothing, nothing they can do against them. and uh, we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about the 2021 class. And really, we probably should have. The, the focal point should have been, yeah, it's a, it's a decent class, but you got to replace that dude. Like things are going to get a lot more different when you don't have that guy, and and they are going to have opportunities. But um, yeah, for sure, the game plan is to to stop him if you can, and and or just make things tough, run his catches. And uh, but yeah, Northwestern. I, I was waiting all day to use the the joke I had in my head that. Mismatch problem, Kofi to Northwestern like Andrew Marty to a Lovey Smith defense. I, I really wanted to use that. I didn't
2: get it on Twitter somehow. You used a lot of quarterbacks. Like Graham Mertz uh, could have been part of that. That's 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 good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Joey, I mean, Illinois, you get a victory, but how good do you feel? I, I guess you got to feel good about everyone, right? I mean, after all these years of Illinois struggling just to make an NCAA tournament – To just beat Northwestern by seven, to just beat Nebraska in overtime with these great special moments. I know, but you're getting greedy at the same time, so I don't feel bad, like... Critiquing part of this. I mean, Illinois only outrebounded rebounded Northwestern by two. Northwestern is the worst rebounding team in the league. Uh, Northwestern had, I thought Illinois played fantastic defense through most of the first half. On the second half, they, they got loose and they just weren't locked in as much. Turnovers, 15 turnovers against Northwestern, and they got lucky. Northwestern only scored 14 points off of that. So, again, like, there are things to critique in this game, but you still have enough firepower, and you still got the the dudes to go out and win when you don't have a great night.
0: I think the critique more comes from it's clear what this team is when this team is this team. I don't. Think, I mean, there are fans who are like, "Come on, more, more, more," and that's fine. That's what fans are. But twenty-five to seven was Illinois' lead in the first half. That is probably more this team than the rest of the turnover-filled, poor defensive play that they had and I think that is what makes it so tantalizing because it always feels like when you're watching this team that peak is right there to take and it's always like they're that close to being the team consistently that we've seen them be when they are very very good and again you play with fire all you want and it's not comfortable I would say for them but when the lights are on and it's Iowa here and it's Wisconsin here and I'm sure it's going to be the same in this brutal road stretch they have coming up and it's a really difficult schedule there is no more time for this they always seem to turn it on and you can argue the great flaw in that if you want there certainly is but it's on and that stretch of who they are is is more consistent more sustained and like you almost forget about some of these like that was pretty ugly and that shouldn't be happening to a top five team and it really shouldn't be but it doesn't Is it going to bite them? I don't know. I mean, the NCAA tournament's a weird place, and it could, but it might not either. They're a really hard team to find that middle ground for.
2: Yeah, and the great thing is they're winning the games, right? Like last year, there were a couple games there where it wasn't pretty. They beat Northwestern here by four points, and that Northwestern team was worse than this Northwestern team. They beat Rutgers here in an ugly game by three points. Nobody remembers those. Like even the Minnesota game where – they weren't playing very well, but Daniel Otoro was a problem for you, and you know that was a close win before you had your four-game losing streak. Uh, just a couple other notes on some other players here. Uh, I think one of the keys, Derek, for this team is just getting some consistent offense from somebody else. right? And Kofi and Io, you know what you're going to get. I mean, Kofi has 12... Double-doubles in 14 Big Ten games. He's averaging 18 and 11 during conference play. Iowa's putting up ridiculous numbers night in and night out. I guess tonight's actually an off night for Io DeSumo. Um But Trent Frazier, nine points. I'd like to get him more shots than five right? He's shooting almost 40% from three this year. Uh, Andre Corbello has had three rough offensive performances in a row. He had seven rebounds, had a nice pass to Demonte Williams, and Demonte Williams had a nice contribution. Georgie Bichange had a nice contribution. But if Adam Miller makes two more shots, this game isn't even close for most of the game, right? But he goes three of 11 from three, missed eight of his last nine shots. If he can just get Frazier, Miller, Curbelo, one of those guys consistently giving you something night in and night out. And I think Frazier's been consistent, but just not great on the offensive end. I still think that's key for this team to to make a, a prolonged run at the Big Ten Championship and in the NCAA tournament.
3: Yeah, it's the next level for this team. And Adam, over the last five, six games, has only shot... 26% from three, 26, 27. And and he just has a lot of open looks that he's still not converting at a level that you would that you know that he's capable of or you know that he would hit in the middle of February. So uh, made a couple of nice plays early, hit two threes, got to the rim, got fouled, but after that uh, missed some looks. And uh, you look at Nebraska and some of their struggles where it was only Iowa and Kofi. You had five bench points in that game. That's why this one was a little bit more encouraging with what Georgie did, with what DeMonte did, really at both ends. DeMonte to give you five points, five assists, and just like three or four huge defensive plays. So uh, Curbelo still got to figure it out because he's he can kill you at times. I mean, he's he's really exciting. He makes that flashy play, the behind the back. It, it was a risky one, and DeMonte it was was a really nice one.
2: It was ballsy. It was very ballsy.
3: <laughs> and it could have went very, very wrong. Uh, you do miss the steadiness of an Andres Felice, and I know that we, we say that a lot. But, uh, yeah, the surrounding pieces is really important, and I think that's a big part of getting this team up to a level. Because if, if they play, and I know it's – Northwestern and Nebraska and this team gets up for big games but if they had Michigan in two days would you feel great? Uh, you'd be excited for the opportunity but they they need to show show more than they have and they, I mean they have a big test at Minnesota uh, that's why you demand more and you want more out of this team just because when you do finally get that big 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 test you want to make sure you're playing at your peak
2: chasing greatness man you're chasing uh, the top teams in the country i mean you're five right now you deserve to be there um you're one of the best teams in the country but to be better than those other best teams in the country you got to take it up a notch and we'll see if they can let's talk about what's next on the schedule
1: selling a little or a lot podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast <laughs>
2: All right, guys, Minnesota is up next, and I think Minnesota, are they 9 or 10, I believe, in the Big Ten standings right now, but they are top 40 in the Ken Palm, and Minnesota on the road is one of the worst teams in the country. They're 0-7. Minnesota at home is one of the best teams in the country. They're 13-1. and They have wins over Iowa, Michigan, I think the only team to beat Michigan this year, or one of them, and uh, Ohio State all at home this is a huge test joey and this would match last year's seven game win streak if they're able to get this one so you got two road games minnesota michigan state um and you have a chance to really stack wins and really put pressure on ohio state and michigan but this is a huge one this is a huge task with with a player like marcus carr liam robbins was terrible here but uh he's been playing pretty good basketball for them.
0: not only is minnesota not good on the road it's like kind of comically bad on the road. Like, they're down by, there was a stretch, they were down by at least 20 points, I believe, and more than three road, I don't remember the exact set, i have to look it up, but at home, it's just this different bear, and I'm really focused on the Liam Robbins and Kofi matchup, because that was, I think, like the seventh game of Liam Robbins' Big Ten career, but it was the first against really anybody who looked remotely like Kofi Coburn. And Kofi dominated. I mean, really dominated. So that is a, is a super interesting matchup. But this isn't, you know, like, the number two team in the Big Ten just goes to the number ten team in the conference and, okay, you know, how you doing? We'll keep this thing moving and, and see at the next road game. This is a really big game, and that's the Big Ten, too. Like, this is an incredibly difficult conference. The tenth team in the conference is 40th in Ken Palm. That is not normal. That that's That's so weird, but... I, I think this could be – this isn't a trap game by any stretch because this is a really good Minnesota team at home, but it could be a game that's easy to overlook because of what's behind it and because of the, the firepower and really the Big Ten race that's going to be determined in the games after that.
2: Yeah, Derek, I think it's going to be more the quantity of wins that will – be who gets that one seed, that second one seed from the Big Ten. Um, it's another quad one opportunity uh, at Minnesota, and you got many of those coming up. I think the rest of the games besides Nebraska here are quad one games. So Illinois has got a huge chance to kind of solidify themselves as a one or a two seed uh, with this upcoming schedule. Uh, what are you most looking forward to with this Minnesota matchup, which is going to be right before a weekend that includes Michigan against Ohio State?
3: Yeah, I think just in terms of the Big Ten race, it'd be great to get a win at a place that the other two title contenders didn't. When you look at Michigan, you look at Ohio State, you mentioned Iowa lost there as well. Minnesota's 5-0 and against ranked teams at home. And Joey alluded to it, they only get blown out on the road. Like, literally only get blown out on the road. Uh, so they're different. And Marcus Carr... Uh, seems to really play well at home, and, and Illinois has done a good job. Trent Frazier, the last two times they faced him, has bottled, have bottled him up, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if they can do it again and, and make things difficult on him. And Liam Robbins against Kofi, that was his introduction to Big Ten. Like, that was his first Big Ten game, and it was tough on him. Uh, I, but I know that he was outstanding in their winning against Ohio State. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, same thing with Michigan. So uh, expect him to be more prepared, uh, know what to expect, and to, and to play Kofi better. So uh, that matchup is – it's hard not to, you know, divert your attention to first and foremost because that's a pretty high-level matchup.
2: Derek, I'm going to go back to you because I like to zoom out here for a second. Um, Illinois was nine and five, right? Uh, coming after losses to Maryland and Ohio State, and our title of that podcast was a Liddell disappointing. And Ohio State, I don't think, has lost since then, right? Um, and they've been fantastic. And Illinois and, and Illinois and Ohio State are chasing Michigan at this point. Michigan's got a boatload of games left to play. But Illinois is now 15 and five. They're 11 and three in the Big Ten. Just how do you zoom out and look at what this season is? Are they now what we thought they would be?
3: Yeah, I think they are. When you're a top five team, and have they played like that the last two games? No. But the fact that they answered the call against Iowa in a huge game. Wisconsin comes here. I know that Wisconsin scuffled. up to you know up to their standards, but uh, for i o to go triple double and Kofi just absolutely annihilate them, so uh, they have flashed the top five, the final four contender, the fact that they got two guys i mean i o right now put the jersey up there right now and in the rafters like he's the the ink is dry in first team all American, which is what it takes to get in the, in the rafters
2: no, I actually had written that already in my player grades is the next game like i if they don't play the Nebraska game, the next time fans are in this stadium, they should be putting his jersey in the rafters. And that's true yeah. because, I mean, IO is going to get all of those things needed to be in those rafters. And the last guy to do it also was wearing number 11, D Brown. He's the newest guy to be in. Them. Right. And I
3: think it's first team or second team consistent All-American. So if Kofi finds a way to do that, he's right there up next to him. So uh, to have those guys playing at that kind of level, that's who they – said they were going to be when they, come ba- they came back and they're in this Big Ten title chase. So, yes, I think they are what they said they were, which they weren't after they had lost against Ohio
2: State. I don't know if they'll be able to do this, but I'm just imagining this moment, like, next November, you could, if you can get fans in here. Like, we don't know what it'll be, but hopefully we can get fans in here. Io is probably on some NBA team, so I don't know if he'd be able to be here. Kofi probably on some G League or NBA team, so I don't know if he'll be able to get here. But how cool would that be? Like, coming after even an Elite Eight. And those two are here to watch their jerseys go to the rafters. The first time fans are back to, like, have that moment would be so cool. So, like, if they could find a way to do that, even if it's December, like, they have to find a date, that would just be so cool,
0: Joey. I like to imagine Kofi carrying Io out of the tunnel as whatever music they want to have played plays. Because that's what they deserve, and it'd be cool to watch them both go at the same time. Because they are very, very close in their relationship. And this is what they said they were going to do when they said they were coming back. This is what Io said he was going to do in 2017 at a Jordan brand store in Chicago. And at that point where Illinois basketball was at that stage, it's like, all right, buddy, well, we'll catch you when you do that. Well, he's done it. He's literally done it. So however you can do it, with as many people as you can get in here safely, he absolutely... Deserves to have that. What a moment that's going to be. I think back to the Iowa game last year, and I really firmly believe if it wasn't for COVID, that was probably his send off. And he embraced that. And you could feel, I think, like we were all kind of like packing up our stuff, making sure we could get to the press conference that had the whole entire team there. But you could feel that. Like that was kind of a a goodbye and thank you moment for everybody. And then the fans haven't really gotten a chance to have that. And he hasn't really even gotten a chance to have that around campus. It's like Urban State Farm, you know, bus to a road game and home. I mean, you can't even have that college experience just walking from place to place and have people to move mountains for you. I mean, and that, that's something that's a moment he absolutely deserves. I think Kofi is right in there, too. Remember, Io did this at the Jordan brand store. Kofi did this Florida Atlantic right? Like, the, the, those both came at points where it's like, is there...
2: I was on that team, right?
0: Yeah, and you, you wouldn't have blamed them at any point to be like, oh, okay, we're going to maybe, maybe take this party somewhere else, but yeah, let, let, him carry, let Kofi carry them out. Have some fun with it. They deserve it.
2: See, this is why I like to zoom out, because you get into the nitty-gritty of, God, they only beat Northwestern. They had a, Iowa had to have another heroics just to beat them, and then you look back and it's like, man... Like these moments compared to what we were talking about two years ago when I watched him in Maui going 0-3 and Taylor Norton Tucker is crushing him. Like all of that, right? And and all of this angst about recruiting and you have these two guys – who are two of the special players. You have a coach in Brad Underwood who has figured this out with his staff, with Antigua and Chin, not only coaching but getting talent, Stephen Gentry and the impact he's made, and just all these other guys like Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams sticking it through even though this wasn't the coach they played for. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's just it's a pretty cool story when you zoom out a little bit. All right, that'll do it for us. We're about to get kicked out. So it's uh, Illinois 73, Northwestern 66. Six straight wins for the Illini. Check out the player grades. Joey will have a piece on io Derek piper we'll have a story just on you know mixed feelings out of this one kind of like we talked about here we'll have much more to line i coming up throughout the week if you don't already subscribe to our podcast rate us review us everybody have a great night we'll talk to you next time right here on the line i podcast